Welcome everybody to Way of the Blade, the podcast. I am your host, Phil Schneider, author of Way of the Blade, 100 of the Greatest Bloody Matches in Professional Wrestling History, and writer on the Segunda Caeta blog, and former writer on the Death Valley Driver newsletter, and I am here with the godfather of wrestling internet criticism, the originator, the man who started this all, the straw that stirs the drink, my friend Dean Rasmussen. Dean... How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> it's good to talk to you. It's been a, been a minute, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on, coming out of uh, internet uh, podcast retirement and coming on my show. When was the last time you've been done some audio? Oh, man. Not only that, probably the thing we did. <laughs> <laughs> that was like five years ago. <laughs> and we are here to talk about, I think appropriately... A match from war with which is uh, uh, Ricky Choshu, Shinya Hashimoto, Genichiro Tenru, and Takashi Ishikawa. Right. From war, uh, I think April 2nd, 1993. And you, I think, are the, were sort of the original war uh, uh, acolyte. Defender, yeah. like you know, when people are just like, "Oh, all I care about is uh, all I care about is this Ultimo Dragon match on the undercard." You're the guy who said, "No, no." Uh, you remember like hanging out with Tim Noel and uh, David Lane, who are still around. But I remember them going like, you know, Tenru is just this old guy, and I was like, "Yeah, he's an old guy. Fuck him, he's old." And then like I remember the Muda match, which is like, "Oh, wait a minute, this is really good." Both these guys are really old. What? Old guys can have good matches. That's weird. And then I was like, started watching like older guys. I was like, oh my God, Denver's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's the guy. That... I, I, I didn't really, uh, I mean, he was fine in the eighties, but when the nineties was like when Tenru became godlike, you know? Yeah. When he was the guy, when he was kind of just your traveling guy would have weird matches in different promotions at FMW and, you know, in UWFI and New Japan, and, and and then you know, war was this kind of, uh, you know, amalgamation of bizarro wrestling, where it would yeah. you would wrestle people from all over. But you back, back when Japan, you know, really was, you know, in the '90s when we started watching Japanese wrestling, it was very uh, um, blocked off, right? You didn't see ever New Japan guys. Uh, wrestle the guys that aren't in New Japan and all, all Japan guys never wrestled anybody that wasn't in all Japan. You just you have these guys who had these parallel careers uh, at the same time in the same country just never wrestle each other. Right? Yeah. There never was a you know you never see Shinya Hashimoto against Kobashi or you never you never really and Tenru was the guy who kind of would get in there and and break the seal a little bit. And this was part of that New Japan versus War feud where you had. Tenru kind of bringing over these guys that were in all Japan in the late 80s and various other just random guys hanging around Tenru and kind of invading New Japan and then New Japan coming to war in the nation. I mean, maybe the best... They, I mean, in the argument for the greatest wrestling things ever, those war versus New Japan feuds. I mean, just absolutely fucking incredible, right? Like, exactly what you want, uh, what made us fall in love with Japanese wrestling, right? Because it's just... Well, that's the thing. Like, I remember, I remember watching it originally before I went back and was like, uh, was watching Tenru. I was like, oh, these are just big fat guys that he wrestled with in the 80s. And it like, didn't actually watch it. It was like, 
I got a Wildmo Dragon versus Ultimate Dragon, you know. You know? <laughs> and it was like, then you go back and go like, oh Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> yes. What well, you don't actually was, you don't actually was Timber was about making it look real and he's pissed off at anybody who touches him, which I thought was like the greatest fucking thing in this match, is that Shinya Hashimoto kicks him in the face and he's like I'm Tenru, you can't kick me. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Yes. I mean, when you have like yeah. an interpromotional fight like this, I mean, probably the two guys you would most want in something like this is Tenru and Hashimoto, right? Like uh, ever, like a two where it's going to be a little uncontrolled. It's not not going to be clean, and there's going to be some stuff that's going to be thrown maybe a little harder than you should throw it in an actual competitive professional wrestling match. Like those are the guys you want. You want Tenru, and you want Hashimoto, and you want it to be this. You want it to be these guys fucking trying to kill each other. And like Joshi's <laughs> up there too, right? Joshi would be on that on that list. And then Takeshi Ishikawa, oh, yeah. who is clearly the fourth guy. I mean, these are three all time Hall of Fame greats in Takeshi Ishikawa. And Takeshi Ishikawa <laughs> is <laughs> fucking. I think I've seen like two other Ishikawa matches in my entire life. <laughs> you know? um, but Takeshi Ishikawa is fucking incredible in this match. Like it is, yeah. it is just an. In, and he he had this period. There's a Takeshi Ishikawa moment. And it was like uh-huh. war from like 91 to around 93, where he was just as good as anybody. He was so good at this. There's a couple of really great Takeshi Ishikawa singles matches on the first two war shows that are just like uh-huh. the most violent thing you've ever seen in your entire life. He's this guy who kind of was like this random uh, sort of, you know, ex-sumo, uh, under, all Japan undercarder, who, you know, had some, had, was in a... a third guy in a six man and you didn't really notice him and then this period in war where he like you know was well he was you know had this moment where he was just incredible and then kind of you know uh went away but he had like he was a, he had a, he had a great like a couple year run like the band that released two incredible albums uh, and then <laughs> broke up or whatever or the band that released two, two incredible albums and then like three albums before that that weren't much and five albums after that that didn't you know didn't do a ton. But for those two, who would that be, Dean? Who would be your, your, your rock and roll equivalent of the band that, that had two great albums surrounded by some mediocre albums? Uh, well, it would be the Jesus and Mary Chain. Okay. So he's the... And then they had 17 other albums. <laughs> so he's the Jesus and Mary Chain of, uh, of pro wrestling. <laughs> All right. I knew I, I, I knew I could count on you for the, the correct analogy. Uh, and he, well, actually, I was thinking about this today. Uh, a match that you need to do for your uh, your sequel to this is uh, Shigeru Sonagoya versus uh, Matsumoto Hair versus Hair, the first one, because that is the uh, Velvet. That, that's the Velvet Underground first record of wrestling matches. Because everybody, every schoolgirl who saw that became a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, and it is funny. Like, um, you know, when I put this book out and then it was like I was looking over the match list and I remember thinking to myself the oh, fuck did I not have Shigusa to guy over the stuff on this book well, that's definitely like so fucking awesome because it's <sighs> yeah. absolutely foreign to anything we as Americans can understand it was so like you have to be a Japanese girl to understand the sheer magnitude of Shigusa Nagoya shaving her head yeah they're all crying. Linus Aska is like ready to kill anybody who wants to touch Shigusa's hair. 
And Shakusa says, no, I must shave my head because that's the honorable thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Huge oversight. I mean, like un- like, a, like a criminal it oversight. It's like, that might be my favorite match in the world. And I was like, why is this not in this book? Yeah, He's <laughs> yeah, really, really, really stupid. Uh, there's a there's a handful like that. One of the issues, I, you know, a little inside baseball is Chris Bryan, who's the illustrator of this book and is an incredible artist, was much oh. faster drawing than I was writing. And a lot of times it would be like I would think of a match, put the hundred matches list together, and then I would think of a match and like, oh, I could get rid of this match. And then I'd say, hey, Chris, did you already draw? You didn't have to draw this yet. I was like, oh, yeah, I already have art for it. Here's art. And I'm like, no, that's incredible. I better write this up anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I probably would have gotten rid of Bruno San Martino superstar Billy Graham if I had a chance, if I could have, if I thought about it soon enough. But it was, I, I mean, it's a pretty good match, but, you know, probably it's not choosing a guy versus Tom Matsumoto or anything. So, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of that where it's just like, ah, shit, okay, well, this is what I have. I'll put this out. I didn't say it was the greatest. I said it was 100 of the greatest. So, but, you know, well, you could have something be greater than well, that and still be fine. That because that also has... The Shigusa scale, which is more bigger than the Muda scale, because Shigusa and Goya believes like a fucking stuck pig yeah. in that. Uh, so we're talking a little bit to Takeshi Sky. He ended up forming Tokyo Pro Wrestling. Remember Tokyo Pro Wrestling? Yeah. Sabu wrestled a uh, two called Scorpio. Yeah, I think, I think that might, was that the same. Was that also the same show that Abby Takata? Oh but yeah, they, right. That, but that's like the one Tokyo yeah. Pro Wrestling show that anybody has, any of us remember. But they probably ran for like you know fifteen years and ran a thousand shows. That's Cassius Cowas Brosi. Left War formed Tokyo Pro Wrestling and wrestled there for a long time. And you know, in the fucking mists, who knows? Uh, who knows what it happens? I mean, that's the thing about Japan, right? It's like you read Tokyo Pro. <laughs> that's the cool thing about you know one of the weird things about Japan is there's so many promotions that just you know. Probably exist, probably have tape, but you know, it's not like you know, we we get the things that we get, right? right. I mean, I mean, we, I got my hands on a couple of uh, tapes of Battle and Arts Pro Wrestling, which is a promotion that. Do uh, <laughs> you, you remember Yajiro Yamamoto? Yeah, yeah, Yajiro Yamamoto runs a promotion called Battle and Arts. <laughs> I'll get. I'll send you. I've got them both. I'll. I'll. I'll, uh, I'll uh, send you the two battle and art shows. Pretty good. It's Yuki Shikawa shows up there from like a year ago. <laughs> so, I mean, but I mean, there's probably been fifty battle and art shows. They're probably all really good. You know, it's like I'm sure Tokyo Pro Wrestling had ran 125 shows. I bet they all, you know, had at least something on them that ruled, right? <laughs> I'm at the point in my life when I would much rather watch some sort of like fourth tier Japanese indie uh, that uh, that I would watch anything from New Japan. I mean, it's like, oh, it's, yeah. like a, it's like at this point, if I could find, I was so happy to find Battle and Arts, and I can't remember the last time I watched a Noah match. It's I can't believe I haven't heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Right, so you know that's the thing. If I could find, like, I would be incredibly happy if I could find some, you know, Tokyo Pro outside of the one Tokyo Pro. <laughs> fucking make my way. Yeah, I just did that one show and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if we looked at him, I'm sure, I'm sure he probably wrestled for 15 years and had 300 matches after he left war. But, but so he had this, you know, cool, but he had this cool couple of years in war. And I, one thing I loved about him in this match um, is that he was, it was clear that he wasn't at the level of these guys. But it's right. like, you know, I'm here. I'm in the, 
I'm in the big match. This is, I'm representing war. I'm going to go out there and throw with Shinya Hashimoto and not back down. And eventually he's going to fucking break my neck with a DDT and I'm going to lose. That's just, that is the, that is where I am in this situation. That's the role I'm playing. The reason uh, Tricky Shoshu bleeds in this is because Tenru gets pissed off at him because he moves out of the way of Ishikawa diving on him. Yeah. That's That's when he throws him into the post. Yeah, sure. I, thought, I thought that Ricky Choshu, I think he tried to do the, the Jimmy Snooker thing of blading before he hit the ground. Because <laughs> he blades before he hits the ground. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's not enough. So he like blades like six times. <laughs> Choshu <laughs> blades a lot. Like, he really wanted to like just get fully engorged. And was like, ah, god damn it, why is it not coming out of me? <laughs> <laughs> he really bleeds a lot. It's a real, like, it is a real, uh, it, it counts. Like you know, like uh, it, 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 it counts. And I mean, I, I, the way I sort of did this book is I, I had matches that count. That you know, a little like Hashimoto's nose bleeds later in this match, and that would be enough for me to write up this a, match. The main, the main thing about this match isn't the blood; it's the fact that Tenru and Hashimoto beat the living shit out of each other. And, and so, it's just a super dick. It's so great. Oh. <laughs> I said in my review of this in the book. That Tenro may be the greatest blood in the water wrestler of all time. We're for oh, a guy yeah. that we're a guy that like the the shark that smells a little bit. Like what shows you? I mean, Tenro just comes in there and goes, "Oh, he's bleeding. Let me fucking toe kick him in this wound and punch this wound." <laughs> like just the glee he gets when he sees Toshu's opened up. He's like, "Yeah, let me just fucking toe kick this guy right in the head until he opens <laughs> up and starts bleeding all over the ring." This is oh, what yeah. I'm about. <laughs> But but Tenru's <coughs> matter at Hashimoto for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I guess I guess because he's like he's like at the same level as Choshu, and Hashimoto's younger, and Hashimoto's the one who first comes in on uh, Tenru and starts busting him in the face. Yeah, and this led to a couple of big Tenru Hashimoto singles matches, right? That was that was what the sort of apex of this entire feud was because I think yeah. Hashimoto had the title at this point. So I mean, Hashimoto at this point was. You know, Choshu was the guy with the guy with a little bit of a faded legend, right? And right. Hashimoto was the young gun who was at the top of the of the promotion. Yeah. And of course, I mean, Tenru, Cho, you know, Choshu had history in the way that Hashimoto and Tenru did not. Right. right. You know, they wrestled each other a bunch in the eighties. You know. But, so uh, I, I think it was just like Tenru was like, you know, who are you? Give me Choshu, and it's like, oh, I guess I'm gonna have to fucking deal with you. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> Oh, what a great match. And then Jesse Zakawa was just like, yeah, I'm in this thing. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm in this pickup game with the, the NBA players. And I was, I'm in Division II uh, walk-on. But you know what? I'm going to put my fucking... I'm going to put the shots up. I'm not going to not shoot, right? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, not gonna, I'm not just going to set screens and pass. I'm in this game. I'm here. You know, there's there's Jordan and uh, and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And I'm, you know, like the 10th man on the Cleveland Cavaliers. But I'm putting it up. I'm in here, too. Oh. I mean, he, you know, he gets in like Hashimoto's face and fucking points it. I mean, he's just he's great in this. Just a absolutely, he's like, I'm gonna, you know, this isn't where I don't belong here, but I'm here. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it isn't like the, the interesting thing is, it's not like he's. Like, you see a lot of times in these interpromotional matches where there'll be like young guy and older guy, and then older guy and young guy, or or, or you know, see that Joshi a lot where it's like you know, big star and young and young protege. And then a lot of it is the big stars beating on the young protégés. But here it's like, you know, three guys at that absolute elite level. But Ishikawa is a peer, right? He's not like, 
he's not a young he's not a young boy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is he's a peer. He's just not at their, you know, he's he's uh, not at their. He never reached that star level, but is you know a guy who's I, I probably worked uh, Tedro in some local sumo tournaments or whatever. You know, like he's a guy who who is at that you know part of this group, part of their you know the same age as, as the older of these of these guys. But you know, doesn't but has that sort of so it's a weird like hierarchy role. I don't remember seeing. Well, it reminded me of uh, you remember uh, Masafuchi when he was like dragged out of the comedy matches because everybody left all Japan. Yes, and he had to take with Kawada. Yes. that's what it felt like. Oh, okay, I guess I gotta fucking go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and do this again. Shit out of people like I guess I can still do this. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That was a great. That, that was that was your, that was also your uh, right before Tedro comes in all Japan too. That was a great great period where Tedro is a guy who kind of shows up in dying promotions is always really awesome. Oh yeah, like I would have oh, loved, yeah. I would have loved to see like what what Tedro would have looked like in like 2017 ROH. And it was like, <laughs> just like other other way out the same way that this Tedro shows up and <laughs> starts. <laughs> Beating the shit out of Rhett Titus and fucking Kenny King and something like that. <laughs> brought me in. I brought I brought Araya with me. We're gonna just fucking come and fuck some shit up. <laughs> Jado's here for some reason. We're just gonna come oh, in and tear some. So good before he broke his neck. What? Yeah, he was. But Araya, was like... you know, Araya would have had a very different role. I mean, there was versions of these matches that had Araya as your ten attack partner, and it was a different vibe, right? Because he was a guy who was on the come up in a lot of ways. Or yeah, he was like, he was even running me a Barry Windham before he broke his neck, you know? Yeah. But then it was like, oh, nice. Broke his neck. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and there's a couple of them with Orohara too, where Orohara, this is like pre, uh, this is pre like um, gutter punk Orohara, when it was like sort of just, just shaved head and like young Japanese wrestler Orohara, not uh, not heroin dealer or <laughs> so, but we're, we're the same thing where O'Hara is like taking the role of guy taking a beating. Um, you, uh, I'm assuming that O'Hara was actually on heroin <laughs> to I'm, go from to go from like I'm the athletic, I'm the athletic up and coming junior heavyweight to I'm the biggest dirtbag in the world and I'm working the you know in front of 17 people on the you know. <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? Like you have no idea what the uh, what exactly the politics of this Japanese stuff are, right? It could be could be Orohara smile at the wrong Yakuza's girlfriend, and I was like, all right, you're you're done. That's where you are. You know, who the fuck? You know, it's a foreign country, man. I don't know how, how shit works there at all, right? Obviously, something was going on with Orohara because he definitely had a different uh, trajectory to his career than one was. But an awesome one. It's not like you were ever unhappy to see scumbag Orohara show up in a front. Like, <laughs> fucking ruin. Like, you should have, though. You should have had a Tajiri-like trajectory to his career where you're like, oh, I'm this guy who goes to America and wrestles for ECW. <laughs> As supposed to. I'm a guy who can't get booked in New Japan anymore, you know? I mean, kind of should have been at ECW, right? I mean, that feels like a guy who was a, was, was a mistake not to put him there. It wasn't like there were <laughs> fucking loads of, of coked out and smacked out scumbags loading ECW. Like, well, Orohara would be the one, like, wouldn't even make a top ten sleaziest guy at ECW in the locker room. It's like, it's like sure, Orohara looks like a dirtbag, but he looks like a balls Mahoney level dirtbag. <laughs> Oh, I don't even think about that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. He would have rolled in ECW, right? Like, in the, in the 
Dudleys or fucking New Jack or something like that? Or Ara? Maybe like Psychosis in WCW. You know, the guy who deals weed to, you know, <laughs> to a Scott, uh, <laughs> uh, Scott, what's his name? Scott Norton? Uh, Scott Hall? Scott Hall. Both of them, <laughs> yes. probably? Was that supposedly what I Psychosis was doing in, in uh, WCW? <laughs> you know, like to have the luchadors around because they would, you know, get good weed from them. <laughs> yeah. I imagine they'd also probably get pretty good steroids, right? Over in Mexico. Oh yeah, well, I mean, you get the get the, the I mean, you got good I mean, steroids, but cheap steroids. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know whether it's good or not. Uh, I, <laughs> I had uh, Oliver Bateman on the pod, who's the guy who works for the Ringer and does a lot of like does stuff like strength and weightlifting stuff for Men's Health, and he went like on a fifteen minute uh, uh, side uh, journey discussing the how, the differences between eighties steroids and current steroids how you can tell by somebody's by the way their face looked with what kind of what kind of whether they had good steroids or bad steroids. That's really funny. It's like it's like a, kind of weird expertise. <laughs> like I'm guessing they had nothing but bad steroids in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, it was like definitely had bad I guess he said there were some guys who were, you know Ultimate Warrior really knew how to do it. But there were definitely some guys you could tell didn't really know how to put their put it together and remain cut and <laughs> all that water bloating. <laughs> so well, like, I don't think the guys at ECW had the best steroids, right? I think they probably just were, you know, the equivalent of whatever they had, right? They were, they were, they're like the equivalent of, the, uh, of going down to the feed store and getting the bottle of Iver Meyerson or whatever that horse thing is down. Just like, oh, I heard this is going to get me jacked, so I'm going to take it. Um, <laughs> oh, um, man. deal with the WWE, that's when their steroids... Uh, quality picked up yeah definitely get get access to all these god these are like real doctors that can really write fake prescriptions like i didn't know anything like this before um so let's talk let's talk a little about shinya hajimoto in this match one of my uh all-time favorites i know he's one of your all-time favorites is he a guy you ever saw live hajimoto no, I never did. You never did? I, I know that he gave you one of his uh, headscarves. I've still got one of his bandanas. Yeah, I saw Hashimoto. I, I, I knew you weren't at that show, but I didn't know if you made if you were able to make it to one of his other, like, weird, I'm touring the back, uh, the, uh, back of <laughs> rec centers <laughs> in, <laughs> in <laughs> tiny-ass rec centers in Pennsylvania. Tours. Um, but uh, but you, goddamn. I mean, talk about a guy who uh, is just resonated in a wrestling ring like few people ever have. And this is yeah. just this is just this is top tier uncut Hashimoto, right? He's fucking oh, yeah. mad. I mean that's what was always his password, like when things felt a little out of control, right? Like he was great in a like a IWGP title match against Muda or whatever like that. That's great. The Hase and they have a wrestling match. It's fine. But when it's like, you know, when he's in there with Ogawa it does things. Things don't seem to be fucking going according to plan. Or he's in a match like this, where him and Tenru just start, you know, wailing on each other and no, no, not not really selling anything, but selling because you're, it's, you actually you're got chopped in the fucking face, right? Like you know, but it's like that really is not a lot of bumping in this match, particularly by either guy, right? They kind of do a couple. Of Stumble over because they got hit in the head, but it's not like they were taking like Shawn Michaels bumping for every punch back bumps on any of these plots. They were just kind of standing in the pocket throwing each other, and you know, so much better than strike exchanges uh, almost are right now, where it's like something like this, you know, where it's like fainting kicks and jabs, and I'm gonna 
sneak this chop in as opposed to I'm going to stand there and forearm well, you. Well, this match has hate in it. Yeah. You know, Tenru hates Hashimoto. Hashimoto hates Tenru. You can, that's like, oh, okay, they're actually beating the shit out of each other. It's not like, this is where I kick you to make it safe. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or this is where we're going to stand and I'm going to throw a forearm and then you're going to throw a forearm and then we're going to make faces and then I'm going to throw a forearm and you're going to throw a forearm and we're going to make faces. It's just, no, it's like, oh, I'm going to kind of, you're going to chop me and I'm going to kind of wheel this kind of heavy ass leg kick at your arm and then you're going to kind of slap me and then you're going to kind of try an enziguri but it's not really going to hit and then I'm going to like try to get on top of you and throw a punch at your cheek I mean it's like this looks like a fucking fight right this looks like a yeah. fight this looks like a what I, I don't Tenru is the one that's facing the camera when Hashimoto first kicks him you know <laughs> and you can see in Tenru's face like oh yeah this is going to be it yeah. you know, he's like oh fuck this guy fuck fuck we're fighting this is it you know yeah. it's, it, it's like Tenru's face is so great. God, he's just like, why is this guy? This what's guy? This guy's kicking me. What? What the fuck? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay, this is all right. This is you know, I'm not like you know, I'm in, I'm okay with this, right? That's the thing about Tenru. It's like you're gonna kick Tenru as hard as Hashimoto kicks him, and Tenru's the guy who's like, yeah, okay, fuck it, let's go. I mean, I'm, I'm this is the kind of thing I like anyway, right? I don't want to have any interest having a wrestling match with you guys. Fucking Choshu, fuck Choshu. I'm gonna kick him in his goddamn bloody head. Hashimoto, I'm gonna bust his nose up with a fucking punch. Cause you know what? Is this we're trying to make this look like uh, these are a pair of promotions that hate each other? Cause you know what? These are probably a pair of promotions that hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe they were great friends, right? I don't know. But certainly, Hashimoto, Hashimoto had to know going in that it's fucking Tenru and he's gonna beat the shit out of you. So you might as well lay it in because he's gonna lay it in. You know? <laughs> and you know, Hashimoto is a guy who. Is so good at all the different levels of professional wrestling. It's like incredible yeah. as a guy working under a wrestler who's above him, right? If you watch like early Hashimoto against like Vader in '89, guys where he was like, a, or like the first couple times he wrestled Choshu, where he was a guy who was like, I'm, you know, stepping up at this level. Incredible at it. Incredible mm -hmm. as a guy punching down. Like one of the great punching down wrestlers of all time, right? Where it's like, if you saw, you know, those, those, Zero one matches where it was Shinya Hashimoto against like you know uh, the Masato Tanaka or Shinya Hashimoto against like another guy who was like a level or two below him. It's just or when I saw Shinya Hashimoto uh, committed a, attempted manslaughter on Dylan Knight, right? Where it's just like I'm gonna you know like incredible as a guy above and then amazing as a guy at the level of the guy he's wrestling, right? Like him and Ted are at that level. They're at the same. They're at the top together, right? There isn't, oh, you can't really say one of these guys is above the other guy. And he's incredible as a guy in with a peer. And I, right. I don't know how many three level guys there are. Like, there are guys who are great at, you know, one or the other, but out of the three levels is hard. I don't know if Tenru, Tenru is incredible at level two and level three. I don't. No, Tenro is like a young guy. Well, I, don't think he's ever, I don't think he was ever at level one. You know? Well, otherwise, he's, he's like, like he's seen some Georgia, yeah. Georgia Tenro. You know what I mean? Like earlier, all Japan Tenro. Uh, you know what I mean? I just, I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe he was never at that level of a young one. But I, he was a guy who got like kind of I mean, like Ric Flair. I mean, there'd be no way to like tell if Ric Flair was good when he was underneath because you never. There's no footage of that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess you had the Vader match where he was kind of working as a guy over his head, and he was really good in that. Oh, that's uh, true. Um, 
And he was a guy who... But I don't think Ric Flair was great as a guy. I mean, he has a reputation as this guy who's incredible at working guys, uh, you know, having these great matches with, like, George South and shit like that. But my argument is, those matches weren't great. Why is Ric Flair taking so much fucking offense from George South? Why is he working 50-50 with George South? That's stupid. There are ways to be... There are ways... He comes out of Mid-Atlantic, which was... I mean, I remember, you know, being 10 years old watching... I guess it would be when I was eight years old watching Johnny Valentine sell for Ed, you know, Ed Tuton Harris, you know, <laughs> it's like, like, why is he having a 10 minute match with Ed Tuton Harris? He's fucking Johnny Valentine. <laughs> you know? right, I mean, that's, that's not good. He shouldn't have a 10 minute match with Ed Tuton Harris. Ric Flair. I mean, yeah, there's a way. You- <laughs> I think that's what that Ric Flair comes out of the, Oh yeah, we got to make this last a while, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I can't just beat the shit out of him for 15 minutes. Yeah. But that, that would be my argument is that that would be, that would be my demerit, uh, to flair. I think that in, in some ways I think that stuff was kind of silly. And I think in a lot of <laughs> ways, you know, in a lot of ways he was, he would have these matches where he would, there's, you know, they would probably be give a little too giving to guys they shouldn't be as giving to. Uh, you know, whereas Tenru is really, really great at working guys underneath him and giving them, moments of hope and moments of surprise but being right. very clear that he's Tenro and you're <laughs> and, and you look there are moments where you can get the crowd to believe that this might this guy might win but it's a 15 seed beating a 2 seed right and it's right. It, and that's what it would be if somebody gets into your fall it's like oh shit this guy clipped Tommy Hurds. This wasn't supposed to happen. Whereas, like, Flair would be like, I'm going to work even with this guy for, even if this guy is not at my level, it's still going to be like, I'm still going to be like, you know, getting body slammed off the top rope by, by Sam Houston or some shit like that. Or just like, oh, cleaning this guy's clock and maybe giving him one one or two moments where he get, where he, you're like, oh, wow, it's fucking Sam Houston really pull this off? Not like, wow, I can't believe Ric Flair escaped George South like this. <laughs> the skin of his teeth. <laughs> like, oh, like, I just, I just like, barely, barely got past George South. It was lucky, lucky day for him to escape uh, the uh, the. Well, I, I, I was so used to going into a territory where George South is the number one face. You know, <laughs> like, oh, he just got look good for an hour. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, I think I talked about this before. I think I, if you, it's it's all hilarious to look at Flair's eighty five. We're just looking at the level of guys that he was wrestle week after week. It's like, man, what did this is forty five minutes with cousin Luke in Missouri? <laughs> what the fuck was that look like? <laughs> like? I've seen cousin Luke before. Guy had a nice mule kick, but it doesn't feel like you could do forty five minutes around that guy's nice mule kick. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess it, I guess it, so I guess you know. It is a. It's a I think people in people in Louisiana have to see Cousin Luke for the rest of the year. They, you know, Ric Flair's there for one night. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like well, now, now Cousin Luke has to look good against you know the Missouri Mauler. You know, <laughs> it's true. Cousin Luke led promotion in Missouri. Just had their fucking TV on YouTube every week. How excited you would be! Like, oh shit, let's see what's up this week. <laughs> You know, it's like NWTV has like 10 streams of, of uh, 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 like five streams a week. But it's like, oh, okay, I'm streaming this Limitless show, huh? All right, okay. <laughs> I kind of like two of these guys a little bit. Where it's like, you know, imagine if they were just, you know, somebody was streaming Continental. <laughs> or, you know, or, or there was a New Japan world where th- when this was New Japan, right? Like where this was the New Japan you could watch every every show of, right? <laughs> 
kind of like you know, he, he, it's all here. <laughs> we don't have to go uh, to. We don't have to have Glenn send us tapes from Japan anymore to to watch all this shit or get <laughs> tapes from anyone anymore to watch this shit. But just you know, it's the it's the bygone days of it in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, and you still watch a lot of modern wrestling, right? You watch a lot more modern wrestling than I do. I think. Uh, oh yeah. Oh man, that's all I do all day. I'm, I'm retired now, so I can just watch whatever's on YouTube that shows up in my feed, which is like thousands and thousands of hours of indie lucha. <laughs> it's like I've actually figured out who's <laughs> good in indie lucha now. Toxin is awesome. Oh, it's, Toxin. Okay, it's good to know. I mean, there's there's got to be there's, I'm glad there's someone out there doing that. I can't watch AAA and I can't watch CMLL because it's like they're not on TV. So it's like <laughs> fuck them, you know. <laughs> CML, CML is rough. Uh, these days, uh, you know, I don't know if that, they, they feel like a kind of an end of the road, uh, you know, like they feel like this is the showboat, AWA in the showboat era of fucking CML. <laughs> it's like, oh man, oh, uh, there's, there's Flapjack Norton showing up here and fucking, which <laughs> is kind of, kind of um, a bummer, right? You know, CML is going to glory. Maybe they're going to put the belt on Brad Armstrong. Yeah. So, you know, this is, CML's got a glorious glorious with a hundred year history or whatever but so maybe maybe this is a down period as opposed to the end but uh you know it's got a kind of got that kind of feel what you watch cmll it's like oh man yeah I'm reading about how it's very down but you know they don't have anything on the internet so i don't watch it yeah, <laughs> okay. cubs fan put some stuff up uh you know if you follow him on Twitter, I think would be the best way if you want to decide to watch Cardi of CML. But I'm not suggesting that you would want to watch Cardi CML. Uh, there's so much wrestling I watch every week. It's just like if it's not on free, I don't want to. I don't want to see it, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I got you know what five hours of AEW. No, I got there's like seven hours of AEW. You count Dark and and Elevation, and that's like you know, like right now that's like the best wrestling out. If you know you can't afford you know or don't want to watch New Japan, I guess I don't know, but. Even New Japan doesn't sound that interesting to me right now. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I've like I just dug into my. I've just I'm, I watch French wrestling for the sixties now. Is my, my that's, that's what I watch now. French wrestling for the sixties. Lots of lots. Of, watching wrestling anymore. He's watching stuff from the sixties. So what happens when you get older? It's like okay, I got oh, it's a new Vaseli Manapatopoulos match I haven't seen yet, which is up this week on French. I'm, I'm in that. That guy rules. Uh, my last uh, delve into older wrestling was uh, '80s All Japan Women, with not realizing that the main reason that uh, women's wrestling was ever any good was because of all the Americans we sent over there, like Judy Martin, uh, Leilani Kai. How fucking great they were in the eighties! I was like, "Oh my god, how did I ever yeah, see this god. before?" Because there's fucking yeah. balls out, just like great. There's a the 2021 Debbie Malenko match which I need to watch, which is in my on one of my unopened one of my unwatched. She was in the uh, battle royal in the uh, the uh, NWA oh, thing. Yeah. She should show up to uh, tomorrow in AEW. Uh, it feels like they're doing a women's yeah, battle royale. Get Debbie Malenko. Get Debbie Malenko on a couple two hundred bucks or whatever to yeah, show up. <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? Feels like the right move. Um, yeah, so it's like it's it's fun to revisit this match, right? Because it's like I feel like you know, at one point I watched all the War New Japan stuff, and I watched this match obviously multiple times. Wrote watch it when I wrote it for the book, but then I hadn't seen it since. And you just watch something like this, like God damn, this was. This was the this was the 
this was the period, right? This was the height. And this was the 93. You know, this would have been right around the peak of our thing, right? Would you say 93? You know, in the early to mid-90s would would have been like the Death Valley Driver peak, right? Where we really were putting out, you know, issue every month or something like that. 96-97-98 was I don't think I started getting tapes till like 94 okay so this would have been a little before you're right now that I think about it I was a freshman in college in 93 and I probably started with doing DVD VR stuff a little later than that but it was Jim Jimmy's wrestling was still really good that I mean you know like oh, yeah. where you would get like a tape we'd get a, a tape from our buddy Glenn in Japan you'd have like you know, seven shows from seven different promotions, and all of them would be good, right? Where it's like, oh, this Battle yeah. Art show is great, this Mikinoko Pro show is great, this IWA Japan show rules, this New Japan TV is awesome, and, uh, you know, you just... FMW, FMW people are, you know... I, I, wonder, I wonder how well FMW is going to hold up, because I remember just being like, you know, like, fuck New Japan, fuck Mishinoku Pro, FMW is the greatest wrestling, you know? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how... I don't know how late 90s FMW would hold up. I suspect that Gladiator and Hayabusa matches wouldn't hold up as well anymore. Onita, hold, Onita holds up incredibly. Like watching like, you know, Onita Funk for the book and watching the Onita um, Goto Karisu Dragon Master tag for the book. That stuff it just that <laughs> cannot hold up better. So fucking, so fucking yeah. good. Just because... Dragon Master. <laughs> you know, fucking Nagasaki's in my book twice. Because somehow Kendo Nagasaki made my book twice. Hogan isn't in it. Uh, fucking, <laughs> but Kendo Nagasaki gets two matches. My book is in that tag. And then there's a, a Kendo Nagasaki uh, Ricky Fiuki Lumberjack match from War, which I don't know if you've ever seen. I'll send it to you. It's incredible. Oh, <laughs> Fucking, fucking so good. And like, you know, just, it's got all these random run, Jado and Gato running in, and like Don, fat old Don Morocco and Tiger Chun Lee and masks do run in and start brawling with people on the floor. It's just, it's excellent. So, so the Dragon Master's gotta be the weirdest guy uh, to make my book twice, considering I don't know if I can think of a third Dragon Master match I've ever seen that's any good. Like, I've mean, only found the only. That's the of his matches, but yeah, they're all like, you know. Him, uh, you know, throwing rice in people's eyes or salt in people's <laughs> eyes, you know. <laughs> but he was like a really shitty kabuki. Like, he would be like, you'd, oh. you'd go and he'd show, you'd, you know, and he showed up in your territory with the mist and everything. would be like, fuck, man, I thought, kabuki's in Florida, huh? We got this guy for a couple months? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but yeah, it was, it was the, it was the, uh, the, uh, the tag match, we're like, what the fuck? He's just beating the shit out of people. Oh, yeah. I love that match so much. The cool thing about that match, I think, that's the book. It's like you know, you get one, you know, the, you just know the alternate edit of that match is awesome, right? Like when you're watching, like you know, Dragon Master and Goto fucking swinging chairs in their head. There's also yeah. on the other side of the ring, Carisu is c- toe kicking Onita in the eye. We just don't see that, but you know, if you know, you could do an entire other camera version of that match, which would be as good as the version you got, right? Because it's like the other oh, two cool. lunatics are somewhere else in this arena doing very, very dangerous things to each other. In this match, you know, it's pretty much all in the ring. So we, everything we see. I'm speaking of dangerous toe kicks to that. We see it all, right? But that match is one of the things that was whole idea. But that, that, that tag match, 
Well, last time I saw that, I was in the hospital with my heart. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I totally forgot about this match. Oh, shit. Not a good thing to, not a good thing to do and watch with a weak heart. That's a, a match that's harrowing. Okay. That's a good idea. But, you know, if, you know if, I'd, if I'd brought ideas, I wouldn't have a weak heart anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you made good decisions. Nobody's slamming anybody's making good decisions. I got you. <laughs> um, the, uh, but, yeah, the, uh, uh, the crowd. I, Carisu is one of those guys, uh, one of my real guys. I don't know. You know, we've done some... Deep Carisu dives on Segunda Gaeta. And he's one of those guys who yeah. 100% of the time is super entertaining because he just is, does not, doesn't understand, I mean, doesn't understand, doesn't care how you're supposed to treat your opponents in a wrestling ring. <laughs> give a shit. I mean, there's a Carisu Hashimoto handheld singles match if you want to talk about like entertaining fucking wrestling, where it's like Carisu pulls his Carisu shit and Hashimoto's like, okay. <laughs> Great, okay. You, this is what we're doing, huh? Fucking <laughs> right in a lot of ways, very similar to like a real like budget ass version of this match. It's like, all right, you're fucking doing this, huh? Uh, but this is like you know a, a handheld dark you know match. It's like this it's not even fucking TV. You're gonna do that? You're gonna try to hit me in the throat with the edge of a chair? Okay, I'll fucking. Won't protect you at all in this brain buster. I'm just going to drop you sheer as hard as I can on your old head and see how it, see how it all fucking shakes out. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, I mean, very similar to what, what you know the Hashimoto of this match. It's like you know, he's at his like I said at his best where like things seem to be you know breaking down a little bit, a little uncomfortable. And well, this match Hashimoto seems like the one who's breaking it down. You know, it's like like Henry's <laughs> right. Oh, okay, we're doing this, you know, because Tender is the one who makes the face like, oh, okay, I guess we're uh, fucking going to do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was going to do it anyway, but now I'm really going to do it, <laughs> you know. Right. No, I mean, that's, I mean, Ashimoto, this is probably, they finally, I mean, I think this is a period where they were working each other, you know, in some variation of tags a lot. So I'm sure this was just whatever happened three days before, uh, <laughs> back and continuing it on. We're back to doing this. I, we did this, we did this Wednesday, it's Sunday. <laughs> I remember my, I, you know, my eye still hurts from where Jenru jabbed me fucking come three days ago. We did this, this in the Gaio, and now we're here fucking outside of the summer's town. Like, okay, whatever he did the thing work. Watch it. I guess he, he does break Hashimoto's nose in this. Or, or, or at least bloodies it, right? I mean, Hashimoto was one of those guys who just knows blood a lot. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much... Henry would do the thing where, like, you know, against Kojima, he broke his nose, like, before the match. He goes, okay, I'm going to break your nose. And he broke his nose, you know? <laughs> do you think Tenru said, okay, before this match, I'm going to break your nose? Or just Tenru just broke his fucking nose because he was going to do it? What the fuck is Kojima going to well, do? I, I, I think, like, you actually think they have, like, an, again, like, a discussion about this? I just think he just did it. Later. He's like, I'm going to throw this punch in it. Hey, uh, too young for me to just break your nose. I'm going to break your nose. And Kojima, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I mean... <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm with the other Tenro. I mean, I've got Tenro Fujinami is in this book, too. Uh, which is another match where Tenro breaks somebody's nose. And I don't think he told fucking Fujinami he was going to do that. I think he just, Fujinami came with the tope and Tenro says, throw a fist and see where it lands. And it lands all over your face. And, <laughs> oh, good. Now it's broken. I'm going to hit you in this a bunch of times and see what happens. That, 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 that's got to be the shortest match on your list. Wasn't it like a 10-minute match because because he broke his nose when he did the tope? It, what, 
about twenty. Now, there's some really short matches on my list. Uh, Moon. I think I'm thinking of Maeda Fujinami. That was really short. Is that that? Does that your no, Yeah, I just did a podcast on Maeda Fujinami with uh, with uh, Ian Ian Douglas. Uh, uh, the last podcast that we'll check out last week. Jeremy, your shortest match. It's not. It's like twenty minutes long. I don't have this idea of it being short. Down for when we got tapes of it to be like five minutes long. Yeah, it's pretty long. They have a long match before. I mean, it obviously ends very abruptly. <laughs> I mean, it definitely ends abruptly. But uh, um, but it definitely, definitely uh, it goes a while. The shortest matches. There's a Moon Dogs fabulous ones match in this book. That, <laughs> Bell to Bell is like 90 seconds long. I mean, they brawl right before they bring it up. The video is, lo- is longer than that. But I think the moment from when the referee throws the match out does not, it doesn't take very long. It's like, you know, they come in there, they start swinging chairs at each other's head, and the ref goes, oh, fuck, ring the bells. <laughs> it's over. We call it. So that match is like a minute and a half long. So I actually checked. This is interesting. So uh, this match, there was a six man. A couple of months earlier, with Hara, Tenru, and Takeshi Ishikawa against Akira Nagami, Muda, and Hashimoto. But this match was the start of that whole feud, really. Mm. So I talked about, oh, they, they're just taking this back from, you know, what had happened earlier. But this actually, what they were, they wrestled, Tenru and Fuki wrestled Ohara and Hashimoto like two days later. And then the next month, Hashimoto Fujinami wrestled Tenru Ishikawa, another great match. And then we got Tenru Ishikawa against Ohara and Hashimoto, and then an elimination match. And they had a bunch of singles matches. So they worked each other a ton in 93. They had like 14 matches against each other in some variation, either singles or tags. But this, a bunch of uh, Ohara Tenru tag matches like last year. Yeah. And they were fucking great. Yeah. So this is. Uh, yeah, no, uh, but this is Ohara, not Orahara. Yeah, Ohara, uh, that's what I mean. Ohara, not, yeah. Ohara. Um, the, the old but, uh, So, yeah, so this is actually the start of it. So they worked each other a, a crap ton in war and New Japan over the next, you know, five or six months. Um, uh, from, like, basically this... The, from about a, they, they had their final singles match against each other um, during this period was in uh, um, February of 94. And this I remember, is... I remember, uh, I remember like all of the uh, internet wrestling nerds shitting on the New Japan versus War Feud. <laughs> and I can't... Now it sounds insane, but Beckman was like, oh, New Japan is just like bringing in all these war guys who are just old and fat <laughs> and not realizing that that's what wrestling is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing. It's like, I don't, we don't want to revisit some of the stuff we wrote. Oh, I know that. Oh, yeah. Like, so, the day. There's definitely, there are definitely some, yeah, you know, Chris Jericho wrestled Ultimo Dragon and it was awesome. And then there was yeah. this, you know, Ohara versus Tenru versus. I mean, you were a guy, you were a guy who was early on like Osama Tacha Hikikari and like, you know, and all the lump, the lumpy dudes of war. I think you were an early, er, one of the early guys who talked that up. But there are definitely some opinions. You know, my taste in wrestling has very much changed. I definitely uh, have very little interest in watching Ultimate Dragon matches anymore in these wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we give a shit. And I don't. It turns out. I, it turns out when you watch it with you know some distance from it, it's like ah, Ultimate Dragon's not that great. He wasn't that good. He was okay. <laughs> he was fine. But he was like you know the this was one uh, you know, of the craziest things ever that he's in. Uh, the Observer Hall of Fame. It's like I don't know. Like I was the 
17th best junior of the mid-90s, 20th best junior of the mid-90s, or something like that. I don't know. Are we counting, guys? Are we counting in Mexico? Does he make the top 50? Honestly? Juniors in the 90s? I mean, it's like, you know, what the fuck, right? Like, it's not like he's... When you start looking at, like, oh, well, fuck, Al Dandy was a junior in the 90s, right? Like, Chris Candino was a junior <laughs> well, in the 90s. Mexico. Good God, he's, like, 60th best guy in... Yeah, I've, you, I've rarely ever seen a trios match where he wasn't the... It, it, Best, the fifth best guy in that match, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, you watch your guys? Not as good as Lafayette. He's not as good as Bastia. He's not as good as... You know, he's, not as, he's better than... Uh, he's better than... Uh, he's about as good as Carlo Flagarde Jr. You know what I mean? Like, at that, like, sort of... Carlo Flagarde Jr. <laughs> okay. Right. Also, you know, like, back then it was like... The match with Lafayette was like the big match to get with Ultimo Dragon. That yeah. Now you watch it now, it's like, oh, Lafayette was really great. He carried Ultimo Dragon. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lafayette like... was the guy, right? Lafayette was the guy that that all uh, that all Japan brought in to debut uh, Tiger Mask Two against. It's like, oh, well, I don't really know how this is going to go with Tiger Mask Two, but you know, Lafayette is going to be able to get this guy to something watchable, no matter how bad he is, right? It's like, yeah, it's like, but yeah, but back then we were like, oh man, Ultimo Dragon. He he had a great match with Lafiera, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, it wasn't nothing to do with Ultimo Dragon. It had everything to do with Lafiera. Thirty <laughs> percent to do with Ultimo Dragon. Right? He's a fine guy to be in a match with a guy who was much better than him, and and for the most part, be fine in it. And you know, it, it had some moments. I think uh, over the course, I mean, you probably put a top ten Ultimo Dragons match uh, set of matches together, and you're like, oh yeah, top ten's pretty good. Top 30 wouldn't be that great. And, you know, once you start getting deeper into that stuff, and that was, you know, the way we watched this shit back then. It was like, where's the juniors match? Where's the Lionheart? Where's the Lance Storm tag? And now it's just like, I don't know. I want to watch every other match of the show but the juniors <laughs> match, right? Like, every other match. Let's, let's, let's take a look here. Let's look at this card. We're, we're doing, pulling up the card here. It's an amusing, it's a, goddamn, is this a war card? Holy shit, look at this card. So I guess Jim Duggan's on it. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, no, but well, let me uh, uh, so I'll give you the line. So Yashiro Ito against Nobu Kazu Harai. I remember Harai, I don't remember really remember Yashiro Ito. Do you remember Yashiro Ito? Harai was kinda of like uh, a fatter, slower version of Tenru. But he was like, I think it, no, the, I think he was like I think he was like a slightly worse version of Motegi. But he was fat. He was like a, he was like a. I was say he was kind of fat too. I mean, I think he was like fattish. He wasn't like he wasn't like uh, he was like me before COVID fat, not me after COVID fat. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a cut fuck. dude. So Blue Demon Junior against Yuji Yasurioka. Uh, it's amusing. <laughs> That's one where it'd be like. Can Yushi Yasuroka carry Blue Demon Jr.? <laughs> yeah, unless... Although unless Blue Demon, Demon Jr. is blading, then it becomes a great... Unless it's Blue Demon Jr. right now, who was right. a guy who was terrible for his, through his 20s, 30s, 40s, and most of his 50s. And then, like, when he's in his late 50s, like, oh, actually, I'm incredible. Uh, I mean, you've seen Blue... Uh, Demon Junior Dr. Wagner, right, from Triple I? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fucking unbelievably good. Right? It's just like so, well, Blue Demon Junior is such a weird guy. He's like, yeah, I always sucked until I'm now. I know I'm very old. And certainly don't need to try now, right? It's like, you know, it's like, nothing to prove now. An equally great match against uh, El Hio de Santo like two years ago, where it was yeah. just 
I'm bleeding. Look Some up good the- matches against L.A. Park, too. He's kind of good now. He's a guy, if I shows up on a TikTok, he recommends the Blue Demon Jr. match. I'm like, yeah, I see it. Not, not 93 Blue Demon Jr. Oh, working in <laughs> Undercard Jr.'s match against Yuji Yasuryoka, who is not Yuji Yasuryoka. Revisits Yuji Yasuryoka, not, not a guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ugh. I don't okay. want to revisit Yuji Yasuroka because I'm getting okay. that he's probably not nearly as good as I thought he was. <laughs> no, no, he's not a guy. All those Nikonoku Pro guys hold up, right? Like, like Men's Teo is as good as you remember him being. Uh, though, you know, you're, a lot of your other Japanese Yuji guys do not, but like all the Nikonoku Pro guys. Like watch, when you watch, uh, uh, you know, when you watch like uh, Shiryu, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. That still is completely, is exactly as awesome as I remembered it. A lot of these other guys know. I mean, El Samurai, Liger, Orohara, Ultimo Dragon. That match is really good. I remember that match. Because um, that is your New Japan versus War on your junior side. So it's like, a, you know, Li- it's Li- Liger's, another one of those guys, interpromotional Liger's the best, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, he like, oh. He'll, he'll, invasion, invading Liger is the fucking best. Yeah, so he, <laughs> that match rules. Uh, then you got this, this is a, cla- listen to this War match. King Haku, Dick Slater, 11 minutes, 30 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, you got me second to that. Uh, John Tenta, a real Lord of the Jungle. <laughs> Who's uh, the Renegade, right? I think it was the Renegade. All right, RIP, more than you till I join you. Pour one out for the Renegade. Uh, yeah, so we have John Tenta, real Lord of the Jungle. That was six minutes. Probably didn't need to go six minutes. I like Tenta. John Tenta versus Rio. Yeah, Dodge Head versus Rio. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then uh, I have actually reviewed this show probably five or six, seven or eight years ago. So I remember watching all these matches. Listen to this, though. This uh Heisei Ichungun, that's Akitoshi Saito, Kengu Kimura, Kuniaki Kobayashi, Shiro Koshinaka, against Ashurohara, Hiromuchi Fuyuki, Koki Gitahara, Super Strong Machine. That's yes! Funny. This is what I want! Eight men, all fat, all well, old. was like... The first guy in war that I was like, oh, okay, these heavyweights are good. Because I remember Koki Kitahara, like, just beating the shit out of me. I was like, oh, oh man, God. okay, I gotta watch this. I have my buddy Jetlag from Germany put up some cat clips of 1999 Capture on YouTube a couple days ago, uh-huh. where it's like Koki Kitahara's promotion that's just on max. These aren't even full matches, but you watch that go, Koki Kitahara. When Koki Kitahara is in the bottom of, is in the basin of a sake bar on a goddamn blue wrestling mat against some guy you've never heard of. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Koki Kitahara is just like uncalled for shit. Uh, <laughs> remind me to fucking link you your clips of 99 Koki. Not even full matches, but clips of 99 Koki Kitahara just absolutely abusing some, you know, schmoes at the bottom of a fucking <laughs> pachinko bar or something like that in the back basement with like low ceilings and no ring. Oh, man. Uh, and then Tatsumi Fujinami versus the Great Kabuki. Uh, and then Choshu Hashimoto Tenro Shikawa. That's a card. That is a fucking show. You've got every goddamn, every goddamn yen's worth from your fucking ticket out of that card. <laughs> oh, man. That is war as it fucking gets, man. I love every second of that show. Look at that. You got your, like, random, like, kind of you know, quasi near the end of their career American guys, right? Like, you know, you got your Dick Slater, 93 Dick Slater. There's not a lot of 90, post-93 Dick Slater out there, right? I'm trying to think. I think he, he must have, Dick Slater must have been, he must have been in mid-90s WCW and 
right? I think he was a. I think he was in a bunkhouse. He was, he was a part of the. Uh, he was in a tag team with Dick Murdoch, wasn't he? That was earlier. That was ninety one. Okay. The hardliner, sure. Right. Uh, but this was later than that. I think he shows up. I think he shows up as part of. I think he's part of a tag team with Bunkhouse Buck that worked almost exclusively like worldwide in WCW Saturday Night. Uh, but that was, I think, your end. Right, right, sort of near the end of the Dick's later. You know, Tenta. I don't know him. I mean, Tenta. I guess had a WCW run after this, and uh, had a good run as Golga during your Russo WWF period. Ugh. But not, but not a lot kind of meaningful Tenta moments past '93. You know, and you got your just you got your guy. You know, Kango Kamara, Kabuki. You're kind of like guys who are a little older than they should be. Uh, but but that's kind of how you want him to be, right? I mean, some ways like well, Kabuki was old and like when I was eleven years old when he wrestled yeah. in Texas. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but old, but old Kabuki is really good. Like I don't know, the last time you watched some old Kabuki, because uh, he's a guy who. Yeah, uh, I know. There's like oh man, in the uh, blood sucking freaks thread on the the board, they have the thing where uh, Kabuki blades himself and it shoots straight up into the air. <laughs> so great. I mean, Kabuki was always kind of a guy who's like, I've got a lot of charisma and execute the four things I do really well. Yeah. So, you know, 93, he still had a lot of charisma, still executed the four things he did really well, right? His uppercut still ruled in 93 is like it ruled in 82. You know, he still could get his leg high enough up to throw a nice thrust kick and he'll still throw some, spray some mists and be mysterious. And, you know, what the fuck more do you want, right? Like, that's what you want Kabuki to deliver for you and delivers for it for you. <laughs> I try to remember. I think, I if I remember correctly, the finish of this match, Kabuki Fujinami match, is Fujinami putting like a sleeper on Kabuki and then like spraying mist out of his mouth as he falls asleep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the I'm visualizing the finish of this match. I've seen this match more recently than 1993, but not like maybe seven or eight years ago. I remember that being the finish where he's in the sleeper, he's fighting his way out and. One last mist into the air as he falls into a deep sleep. Uh, <laughs> it's Fujinami. So, yeah, so, I mean, war was, I mean, that was, if you were going to be in Japan in 1993, that's got to be the promotion you wanted to see. War. Oh, yeah. I think because this would have been before, like, I'm trying to think, there's, I think it'd be interesting to think about, take a, pick a year to visit Japan and what would be the one promotion you had to see if you were visiting Japan. I think in 93, it's war. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think maybe in 95 or 96, maybe it's Mekinoko Pro. Or FMW. Or FMW, yeah. 97, it's probably Battle Arts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. 2009, it's Futen. Right? Like, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, at some point, maybe it's Rings. Right? Like, if you had to, like, I've got one, I am on a trip with my wife, and she's going to let me go to one wrestling show, not 30 wrestling shows. Like what's the promotion that I go to? It's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be war at this point, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, maybe all Japan. I don't know. I say all Japan women. Obviously, probably is your like smart mark answer there, but I don't know. That's, that stuff doesn't do, never did it for me the same way. Uh, you know, a Saito Kimura Kobayashi Koshinaka Hara Fuyuki Kinara well, Super like Strong Machine. Seven, eight. In nineteen eighty seven would be all Japan women. In nineteen eighty seven would be all Japan women. Ninety three would have been your, you know, peak of all Japan women probably of like acclaim. Um, well that's the thing. It's like it's like uh nineties all Japan women is so much not as good as eighties all Japan women, you know. 
Yeah, because I with some, exce- watched with some exceptions. Well, yeah, I mean, it was nineties Ultraman women was great, but the secret is you know Monster Ripper wasn't in nineteen ninety three All Japan women. You know? <laughs> yeah, and Aja Kong was, but you know maybe Aja that's Kong's not the great. same thing. It's not Monster Ripper in All Japan women. You know, no. <laughs> I have I have most of my all, most of my I all of my Joshi in the book is nineties. That was probably a mistake. I think if like when you talk about errors you have in the book, like I don't have a lot of I was you know probably a little bit of a low voter for people who watch a ton of wrestling on uh, Joshi. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like you know I, I like a lot of it, but it isn't something that I'm like as passionate about as I am a lot of this other stuff. So the three man, you know, it's probably but I but I think that was probably an error. So like my my lady, the ladies in this book. Uh, the matches I have. So this is we can you can this is your chance to critique me. I think I had something in old DVD VRs by Dean Rasmussen as a brain jackass. Do you remember, if you remember that? Snyder's <laughs> a brain jackass. All right, so here we go. Snyder's a brain jackass moment. So these are my this is my Joshi. I had uh, Kendoro Hokuda. Oh, that one's great. Aja Kong Hada. That's um, great. Except, except, except the blood actually takes away from the match because there's like, oh my god, we killed her. We can't. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, that's I'm... the match where that's the match where you get that fucking wound on her hand. Oh, yeah. they get the, that's the that's the stigmata match where it looks like uh, where it looks like she is she is ex- absorbing the uh, the the soul and spirit of Christ as she is bleeding out of her <laughs> out of an open wound on her hand. And then Kudo Kaba Toyota, and that that's was... not enough. It's not enough to have three. I should have had five or six. Well, and you I should, should have had Dubs Matsumoto versus Shigeza Nagoya. <laughs> yeah. That and that and uh, for some reason I didn't did not have Teddy Biasi hacks on Jim Duggan in the cage with the tuxedos, which is another match where it's just like how it is not on here. I've got a bunch of Mid South, uh, you know. I have a, another Duggan match, uh, but for some reason that just well, you didn't. Got, you got you the know. Murdoch. You got the Murdoch Dibiase match, which is you know the you mean uh, Flair Tony Khan talked about that's yeah that's, Flair that's, Flair DiBiase right that, that well that's the that's the if you only had one it's got to be that right yeah. uh, you know, th- that's the greatest episode of professional wrestling TV of all time yeah. right yeah from from bell to bell from from uh, you know from the start of the match with the start of the you know Flair cutting that he's not you know Butchery couldn't make it so I'm gonna have an easy night off here until the till DiBiase coming out and people being shocked he oversailed then Murdoch and then fucking Bill Watts talking about you know parents you might need to have your kids <laughs> how well, old were you in 85 being a, being a oh what was that 80 it's 85 yeah. Okay, I was nineteen then, but yeah. If I so was, you, your parents, your parents, would, <laughs> if I was ten years old, I would have watched that, and my parents would have gone, "Yeah, go on and watch that." <laughs> like, can you imagine how if you were ten years old and your parents and your parents were listening to Bill Watts and said, "Well, I guess we have to turn that off." <laughs> it's like you catch can't catch the recap on YouTube when you're in 1985. You're fucked, right? You're never going to see it. Because <laughs> you know, I'm. Uh, growing up in the 70s, I watched so much blood in wrestling that, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, not as, you know, I had a lot of, a lot of bloody pictures in, in wrestling magazines, obviously, was part of my childhood. A lot of Delilah's newsstand. WWF territory, right? In California, right? Yeah, basically. Right? This was, yeah, WWF. So there was only, I mean, every once in a while, Bruce Beefcake would get cut up by Braun Bass's spurs. And well, they put a big X. They pulled that out, though. 
Yeah, they blurred that out. So I didn't have as much. I mean, it was one of those things where I would see a lot on the magazines. But you would, but you would, and then at WA, I mean, it was the thing that I was the most invested in when I was growing up. And that had certainly some moments. You know what I mean? Oh. Dusty getting his eye jabbed out by the Road Warrior Spike. And, That's so great. <laughs> yeah, that guy's, I mean, there's plenty of blood in that. That's I mean, plenty of blood. Older than you, I, you know. I, you know, I remember, you know, I grew up watching Wahoo McDaniel, who, you know, would, you know, bleed every week. And then, yeah, you know, I, moved to Arkansas and Texas. So that's, you know, Texas sorry. wrestling. I got, I got a Wahoo on here uh, versus the Spoiler from Houston. Uh, which oh, man, I, I watched like every, I watched every uh, Don Jardine match like last year. So fucking good. I'd, so good. I, I'd see a lot of, People talk about how Johnny Valentine and Wahoo McDaniel were the ones who changed uh, Mid Atlantic from a tag a tag promotion to basically strong style yeah. before strong style was a thing. But yeah, but the the third guy was the Super Destroyer, Don Jardine. He also beat the fuck out of people. Yeah, that Wahoo match from Houston is incredible. Those guys are just such. You got I, it. Get the sense from it that this was like a like a wide ranging multiple territories years long feud between the two but it's like you got this match which is incredible and there's clips of one other match and the clips look incredible and that's all you have but you just know it's like oh, these guys probably had you know 50 well, I matches I probably watched them wrestle 16 times at the Norfolk Scope when I was you know not old enough to understand what the fuck I was watching <laughs> you know yeah. Oh, it's very incredible. Just like, you would, I'm sure at some point the spoiler and Wami Daniel had one of the ten greatest matches in wrestling history against each other. You know, nobody dated it. And it. But, you know, they, they clear from this Houston match that the level of, uh, the level of um, charisma with each other, that that is a plausible thing to have happened. Yeah. Um, which obviously, you know, you, I mean, the same thing. We've got the one killer Carl Cox, Dick Murdoch match from all Japan, right? Which is... You know, incredible, but very unlikely that their best match was in all Japan, right? That wasn't where the best match was. You and Eric's review of that, that uh, the week before I'd said, I'd like posted it on a the wrestling machine, wrestling machine match. It was like a, some other Killer Carl Crocs thing. And I said, he looks like uh, Robert Duvall. And I was like, <laughs> he stole my joke. Duvall <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from, uh, from The Disciple. <laughs> I was like, ah. Yeah. Oh. One up me with the disciple. <laughs> yes, right. That was a. I mean, look, it's how it worked, right? Like, you know, I, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure. I'm sure. Forty percent of the jokes in this book I stole from you at some point, right? Like, or or from Eric, and Eric's probably stolen a million things from you, and Tom stole oh. a bunch of things from me, and you know, it's all. It's, it was all like, you know, that, that the spirit of that was us coming together like a band, and you know, you just who knows who wrote the music, right? You just got there and you, you fucking you just did the licks, man. You just put it out and did it. Uh, but yeah, it's just weird though, like how many wrestlers I saw. Like I watched a ton of Killer Carl Cox when I was living in Arkansas. But you know, being a being a mark back then, it was like, oh, I'm not appreciating the greatness of what I'm watching. You know, I got like you know Johnny Valentine. You know, yeah, I watched like I guess from age six to he had his accident in '74. So I guess you know three years of Johnny Valentine. And I remember like, you know, him, him having great matches with, you know, uh, Ken Patera. And, but you know, it was suddenly straight from a, you know, a seven year old kid going, Ken Patera beat his ass, you know, as opposed to right. like, Jesus Christ, they're really beating the shit out of each other. You know? Yeah. I mean, Johnny Valentine's a guy with not a ton of, 
I mean, you got a lot of clips, a lot of like four minutes of Mid Atlantic, you know, footage and you know, like this unpiced thing from Florida where you get seven minutes and not maybe not the finish. And I'm just glad there's one Wally McDaniel uh, Johnny Valentine match that exists. Yeah, ten minutes. And, yeah, and then I mean, Valentine Curry, which is in the book. I mean, oh, it's so fucking great. So goddamn good. That might be the best match on in your book. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I, so you know, like I, I, it's it's really good. Stockbridge Scott MS One is my answer for what the best wrestling match of all time is, and obviously I wrote it up that up in the book. So I, I don't think Valentine Curry is as good as that because I think that is the best it's ever been. But you know, Valentine Curry is certainly in that you know in the discussion, right in the on the on the, on the maybe like, on the Mount Rushmore. Like, it was like a. Uh... You know, Bull Curry was like over the hill at that point, and I guess he was like, "Oh, I guess we're just gonna beat the shit out of each other." Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, the angle was the Johnny Valentine beat the you know cripple this kid, right? That was the build up for that match. So oh, it's I like, know you know, about the build up. I just yeah, yeah, the build up was the build up was the wild Bill Curry of Rocket Curry or whatever Bull Curry's kid was got you know like Valentine you know put him in the hospital, and you know may have ended his career. And while Bill Curry, who was a heel for his entire career, this was the old heel coming back and saying, "Well, you know, you did. This is my son. You know, it's that angle. It's like the so angle that's, is that's the best match in your book. <laughs> so I realize that, I didn't make that match any better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like the Mongolian. They did the angle in Stampede with the same thing with uh, Mongolian Stomper, right? Years right. later, where the fam- he has a famous promo where he talks about, you know. This is my son, and I don't even think that was Mongolian. I think this was legitimately uh, Wild Bill Curry's son. I don't think I think of that Mongolian stopper angle. That was just like some guy they said was his son, <laughs> you know. Like, but you know, the the, the father, you know, you know, you know, put some, put that level on it, right? When you put yeah. family in it, it's always going to be, you know, a next level thing, right? Viados, Brazos, you know, when it's like, you know, this isn't just wrestling. This is. This is uh, Hatfields and McCoys, right? This is this is uh, families that are going to go back. Know, Johnny Valentine match, because yeah, I, I just, great fucking wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great fucking wrestling with that context in it. I mean, that, that was I think that always that what made those Von Erichs matches so good. It wasn't necessarily because the Von Erichs were that great wrestlers; they were fine, right? But you know, yeah. they were the Von Erichs, and it was Texas, and it was the family, and it was the ranch, and it was the connection they had. I mean, I don't know how much MLW Kevin's kids you watch. I wouldn't say that they would be particularly good wrestlers, but you've, there's a couple matches of them when they came back to Dallas, and it was pretty fucking cool because it was the Von Erichs in Dallas, even in 2020 or 2019. It was like, holy shit, the Von Erichs are still over in Dallas because you've yeah. got that sort of. I mean, one of the cooler things in wrestling is that sort of you see these kind of storylines pay out over dynasties, right? Yeah. Elliot Asanto fighting the sons of his father's greatest enemies, right? Even something like, I don't know if you saw it, but the Colby Carino uh, versus Steve Carino match that just happened a couple weeks ago. Right. Uh, which is just, you know, incredible match for a guy. You know, Steve Carino had wrestled in five years, and Colby is a guy who's, you know, has his moments, but I wouldn't say it was. A, a you know world top of the world wrestler or anything like that. Watch, but you, go watch a Colby Carino match last week. Was it the Steve Carino match? No, because you should probably watch that. That's <laughs> perfectly fine. But you watch it as well. on the internet. I will watch it. I can loan you my IWTV password to watch Colby Carino, Steve Carino. It's worth it's worth you. It's it uh, just because it's like you know 
It is. I heard it was really great. Oh my god! Let's do Carino had muscle in five years. He comes out of retirement, you know, thick beard, you know, like gray hair, and you know, kind of this thing where it's you know the whole story is Colby is a a kid who you know grew up had to, you know, the idea of Colby Carino having taking out every missed birthday party and every missed school recital and every missed football game on his kind of dad and his dad sort of being there for him in this moment but having the pride of a guy who's been a wrestler for a long time so he's not like he's gonna you know (laughs) step down to his kid and eventually just starts being incredibly violent in the kind of ways that you will see and just so cool to watch that kind of dynamic uh, in wrestling which is something that's kind of unique about wrestling is like a, a thing having that kind of long familial history is it you don't see that out in any other kind of forms of entertainment really i mean i can't really think of sometimes you see something like godfather three where they bring back the cast after 15 yeah. years and pacino is <laughs> that, may, that may have not been a, that wasn't necessarily a successful movie but had the moments of it that were powerful or watching everybody be this much older and still be in this you know how what is it what does it mean when when uh when uh michael corleone yeah. is is uh, Vito Corleone, right? So maybe that would be an example. So that's kind of, but you see that all the time in wrestling, right? You see it in the, the, that Johnny Valentine match. You see it in Negro Navarro traumas matches. You see it in Brazos matches. Um, you saw it, you know, with Psycho Clown and Ray Scorpion a couple months ago, with uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess, where you know, where Psycho Clown's representing his past father. Uh, you know, just died, and now he's taking on his last great rival in a in a, a plastic match. I mean, you know, it's it, I think one of the cooler things. Not that this has anything to do with the match we're talking about, but you know, that's how these podcasts work. So we just talk about the things that we're not talking about, and we're we're both fathers of sons. Yeah. So you know, at some point, I don't know whether uh, yeah. so you kind of feel that in a lot of ways. Not that I think Zach's ever wanted to beat the show. Yeah. He certainly punched me in the stomach a lot of times. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Dean, do we have anything else we want to say about these guys? Uh, Tenru is fucking awesome. Shinya Hashimoto is awesome. Ishikawa is awesome. Choshu is uh, awesome. Choshu. We didn't talk that much about Choshu. Uh, you know, one of the one of the great minimalist professional wrestlers of all time. And oh yeah, God. Well, I remember. I remember like uh, when I first got on uh, RSPW. There was that there was that match he had with Muda where everybody listed all of the moves he did like that was supposed to prove that this mat this type of wrestling was not good. Yeah, I mean, you thought about things it's very like, differently now. It's like, oh, good, you talking about this match only had, this guy only did three moves. Great, sign me up. <laughs> you know, that is all. Well, yeah, it's everywhere, right? You know, wrestling is very maximalist now, right? Yeah. And Ricky Chosha is the ultimate minimalist, right? He is the ultimate. His stuff is stripped down. Right you know, now, now all wrestling is is all wrestling is um, uh, wall of sound. Right, yeah. all wrestling is overproduced Nashville country singles. <laughs> it's like how many? <laughs> like, Jesus, can you just let Johnny Cash sing? Shoshu is the Leuven Brothers. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Perfect. Right, you know, like you can't just let Johnny Cash sing. We have to overload this with this much fucking production. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's what kind of a lot of wrestling is now, right? It's like how you can't have... I mean, even AEW, which I think we both like, there is a sense where you think, and you could do five things instead of eight things in this match, and those five things would mean more than the eight things do. And that's just the way all wrestling is, right? I mean, you know, it's like, you know, I'm enjoying this tag match, but 
boy, this would have been better if instead of doing 11 reversals, they just, you know, work this guy over in the corner a little bit and let him do a hot tag. Right? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, they did, you didn't need... Yeah, then you have some reversals in the last four minutes, but maybe you don't need them for the entire match. And I chose you, obviously, as a guy, yeah, like, would, you know, had a really, really good-looking lariat and had the Scorpion Deathlock and, you know, throw a side suplex every once in a while without that much. And, you know, but that's like, you didn't need much more than that, right? And, well, that's the thing, man. You know, like, uh, you know Ashimoto without Ricky Choshu is Ricky Choshu because, you know, he does, like, Six things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he beats the shit out of you, and then he gets a brain buster, and that's it. And Tricky Chosen. Who, in this, match does, who yeah. in this match does more than ten things, right? It's not like, ten, not like Tedder does much more than a, some fucking chops to the throat and some kicks to the eyes and some punches to the face. And, you know, we'll do that. That Ed Seguri and that power bomb. Ishikawa's the high spot guy because he does the dive to the floor that misses. Yeah, right, <laughs> just the dive to the floor. But he's another guy. He's like, I'm gonna. This is gonna be clotheslines. This is gonna be knees. And you know, in some ways, it's really interesting. I think if comparing this to something like one of the really hyped all Japan tags from this period, right? Which were matches that had a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. As I get older, as I my wrestling tastes have changed. I much prefer a match like this than to than a Kawada Tawai Masawa Kobashi match where it's like a you know like a maximalist match, a, right? A big spectacle. This is a this is a small drama, you know. But this is a this is a couple guys in a room having a discussion. No no CGI, no fucking you know just dialogue, and you know there's a lot to be said for that. And wrestling, especially well, when it was, it was kind of like a, I guess, I guess it was like the New Japan All Japan split of you know All Japan went for, I don't know, long elongated cinematic matches, and New Japan went for shorter, more dynamic matches. So yeah. I just, and, and 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 war was kind of grittier, uglier stuff, right? The yeah. this war was war was the you know war was a, a noir movie, right? War was Friends of Eddie Coyle. War was fucking the you know like that was what war was right the stuff that was grimy and you know and, and I think that even when these matches happened in New Japan I think you could tell there was a little bit more flash to them than there was when they happened in war which just was a promotion that was all about you know this kind of real that's why Demi Choshu was so great in this the first first promotion I got into that wasn't uh, all about the high spots you know like. Because I remember, like, yeah. when I first got back into wrestling in, like, what, 91, 92? Because I was, like, sort of back into wrestling around 85 with Ric Flair and NWA. But, you know, there was no internet then. So it was just like, oh, this is what's on TV. And then, like, I was so poor that I didn't have cable in, like, you know, when I was single. And then when I got married, I developed money and we developed the internet. But like yeah. going back, it's like, oh wow, look at all this weird stuff from Japan where they're flying around and stuff, and look at the stuff from Mexico. But yeah, I think War was like the first one where it was like, oh okay, what I really liked is like did in Mid Atlantic where they'd beat the hell out of each other, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean that's the thing, like Mexico too, right? Like I don't know. I mean, yeah, Mexico. Yeah, that, like, that, yeah, that's the other thing. You know, I like Psychosis a lot. You know, '90s Psychosis, but I like '90s Paraguayo more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I like I like Ray. Ray's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. But you know, but if I'm watching a '90s uh, Mexico thing, I'm much more excited if I see some the Viados show up on my fucking <laughs> screen than I am about Juventud Guerrero at this point. Oh, it's like I want to see, you know, I want to see this. This 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 is the shit I like. You know what I mean? Stuff looks like this, 
you know, and whether where it is, wherever it is, right? Whether it's America or Mexico or I mean, some of this great French stuff we've been watching. A lot of the, you'd be surprised the amount of French shit that looks like this kind of thing too, mm-hmm. right? Where it's not necessarily as much the Jew, French juniors are really incredible, especially because of their age, but also the French fucking heavyweights that are just I'm gonna for uppercut you and forearm you and punch you and kick you and stomp the shit out of you and have wrestling looks like this, right? Yeah. I mean, we're big guys, man. I mean, we've been in a guy, you know, it's been obviously many, 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 many years since I've been in a fist fight. But it's not, the, the number of fist fights I've been in in my life is is greater than uh, zero, certainly. I think probably you too. Yeah. It's like, I'm never gonna, th- I'm never gonna throw a hurricane rata, but, you know, I might punch you like ten <laughs> <laughs> like I might fucking kick you in the head when you're on the ground, like Kendra did here. I'm, it's I can fucking I can fucking uh, you know like uh, I can see myself in this in a way that I could never do in a Rey Mysterio Junior match. So maybe it's that, right? Maybe if I maybe if I had a gymnastics background, I would appreciate this more. But that wasn't my background. My background is rugby, football, and boxing. <laughs> So, well, you know, I'm, I'm, well, well, don't don't you know? Lucha also has matches that are like this. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Lucha does, all they all do. U.S. does, France does, and you know that's the kind of thing that I, you know, as I get older and as I watch more of this stuff, I, you know, I gravitate towards this kind of thing where it just feels, you know, less. There are less, you know, there's less CGI, less explosions, and more, you more know, knife, knife fights, knife fights in the alley. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dean, I appreciate you doing this for me, my friend. Oh, uh, this was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, to talk to you again. Yeah, folks can uh, catch up with you. Uh, you're still on the Death Valley Driver. Still exists. The oh, board yeah. is still there. I, I know it's a, in some ways people think of it as a historic uh, thing, but it's still there, and you're still on there. I know you post on you. You watch a ton. Metric ton of current wrestling and often post about it and, <laughs> and post and so you're a day. <laughs> yeah post post ten matches a day out there well, so three, they, three matches three matches a day after watching you know seventy it's like oh that right. sucked oh that sucked so this oh that sucked <laughs> okay this one's good oh that sucked yeah. <laughs> but I'm so folks I have nothing else to do because I'm retired so yeah so you're retired so you're on there and uh, you know my, we're my, gonna my wife uh, teaches at a private school so it's like oh it's just me alone with the internet. And my your kids are all grown up now, so it's like you don't even have to well, you know, I stuff too in the house, but you know, I leave them alone. Yeah. Unless all right, so this is talk to me but, endlessly, which they do. <laughs> so we will be back next week with another uh, another podcast on the way of the blade, and uh, Dean was won't be the. We're not going to have it be as long between us talking again for sure, my friend. <laughs> all right, man.